so maybe if you are, if I'm like thinking about someone who gives me butterflies and or something I really like, naturally I find myself up on a coffee table with my ween in my hand as <laughs> a ballerina around there. Naturally. naturally, you do. I mean, come on. Everybody does it. Again, this is like one of those. This is a national lyric where he's like, guys. We can't stop thinking about our dicks at parties, right? Also, how many times have you just been thinking about the girl you like and you start ballerining <laughs> and you have your cock in your hand and everybody just mouth agape, food falls out of their mouth. They're like, you need help. Hello and welcome to the Lyric Boys. I'm Lucian Flores and today I'm speaking in a deep voice. Andrew, say hello. Hello. Now, the reason we're speaking in deep, deep, handsome, suave voices is we're talking about The National, everyone's favorite baritone-led indie rock band. So... What is the Lyric Boys podcast? Well, I'm glad you asked, audience at home, even though you maybe have listened to this before. This is a podcast where we take one of our favorite bands and we take 10 of their craziest, wildest, funniest, most insane, absurd lyrics, and we talk about them. Mm -hmm. And listen, when we talk about lyrics, we're here to have a good time. We're not two smart boys doing great smart boy lyrical analysis. No, we are not. Uh, no, this is not a podcast for smart lyrical analysis, as some YouTube comments, which we'll get into later, have suggested that we are. We're not. We're making jokes. And I'll tell you why, specifically, this is not for smart boys. Do you want to know why, Lucian? Yes. I saw, okay, <laughs> this is an embarrassing story, but I'm just going to tell it. I'm just going to tell a personal anecdote of why, if you're listening to this, do not expect a smart analysis. And I will not... I can't speak for Lucian, but I can speak for myself. When I was in third grade, <laughs> they gave out IQ tests, right? Oh, wow. You take like a basic IQ test in third grade. Oh, no. I have since improved, but <laughs> when I was in third grade, I don't know why. I scored a 90 on my IQ test. <laughs> what is like a normal functioning adult like who doesn't one, eat rocks IQ? 125. Okay. Well, as a third grader, you don't That's expect like you to average. have a high IQ. Okay, but the teacher went to my mom and was like, "Oh no, I think your son is challenged." Wow. And uh, I have since scored higher than that. I will not reveal Amazing. my IQ because this is not the podcast to do it. But I will say, I actually don't even remember because I just remember being like in high school and being like relieved that it wasn't <laughs> fucking ninety. Eighty is like a problem. If you score an eighty, it's like okay, you need to seek help. Okay, so audience at home, you understand the deal. You've got a man with an almost problematic <laughs> IQ level, and someone like me who thinks that licking rocks gets him sustenance. So listen, I'm pumped for this episode because the National is my favorite musical act. <laughs> Woo! Wow, give it up audience at home i am pumped for this episode the national is one of my favorite bands they are the band that defines my emotions they are the band that defines my life they are the band that soundtracks every single thing in my life from 2010 on 
There. Yeah, so again, so we we transition from from Blink One Eighty Two, which is a mm-hmm. huge defining band for myself. Mm-hmm. Now we're talking about the National, a huge defining band for you. I was introduced to the National by you uh, in in recent years. Well, yeah, I mean, I I don't I'm you and like why. and and like the boys, my National Squad, all my high yeah. school friends, we stand the National. Right, so you and the boys uh, listen to the National. I don't really know too many people outside of that group that does. Mm. So, Lucian, can you give us some National? Uh, eh, talk about them. I'm going to tell you who the National is. I discovered the National by writing a college, an essay to try to get into college, and the essay I wrote was about music. And I like had a list of bands I liked and then someone proofread it and added a third band in there just like to continue the example. And they wrote the national and I was like, what the fuck? Who's the national? I didn't write this band in my essay. Why did you do that? And oh, they wait, were like, what were the other bands? What, what, what I was probably mentioning bands? like the white stripes and a band I would have liked in. Like, I think I was, okay, this college essay was probably about like, the diversity of music tastes in my family. My dad likes all those Andean music, and my mom loves classic rock, and then I learned about ooh, modern music, and I brought it to them. So I probably mentioned, like, the White Stripes, or at that time, a super into, like, Cold War Kids and stuff like that, and I think this person just wrote The National, and I was, like, confused about that. I was like, I did not write this band. I don't, I don't know who they are. That is a very vague band name. Flash yeah, cut. Were you like? Were you like the national? What you forgot your sentence? You forgot to finish your sentence. Yeah, I definitely was. Um, anyway, so the national. I first listened to them in 2010 with their album High Violet, which I still think is their best album. But listen, this band is a band of just men being dudes. You know, you've got when you listen to this band what <laughs> i don't know what that means <laughs> please right. explain please explain. so wikipedia describes the national as indie rock alternative rock post-punk revival art rock and folk rock they've been around in some form since 1999 and their their big calling court card if you listen to the band is the lead singer matt berninger's very very deep voice and very interesting kind of abstract oh, that's lyrics his name is matt burninger i thought yeah not burning i know Berninger. okay very abstract lyrics lyrics about just leading that middle-aged man life and having the weight of the world on your shoulders and just trying to get through just trying to get through life so this band they've released i don't even know how many albums but they've released a ton of albums their first two albums were pretty solid pretty good people I think jammed with them. Their first one was from 2001. Their third album, Alligator, which uh, came out, I want to say, in 2005, was like, all right, we're getting somewhere. This band is uh, a thing now. And then Boxer was like their breakthrough album in 2007. Their song, Fake Empire, caught the attention of one Illinois Senator Barack Obama, who put it in his like campaign commercials. And since has since like every year, but the national is like one of his favorite bands. In his Interesting. like, what his song like did he use? Year. In... Fake Empire. What song? Oh, cool. Yeah. So that was an album that the national had been around for a while as an indie band, and they were always like, 
this indie band is uh, there and they're not huge. And that was kind of like their rise to superstardom of indie rock. I remember the New York Times put out this long feature about it. And I was like, damn, I like it. Then 2010, they put out High Violet, which is just a great album. Super depressing and uh, beautiful and great orchestration. And everything feels like it's behind some sort of murky cellophane. Boys at home, you know what I'm talking about. Then <laughs> Trouble with Dudes my- being dudes. Murky dudes. cellophane. Am Guys, I right? Hell every, yeah. every, man, every guy who's just like, I'm a man, is like... Yes, I don't think I that Lucian is, knows <laughs> anything about being a man. It's hard to intro a, a band I know too well. Um, so then Trouble Will Find Me, their 2013 album. Pretty good. Pretty good. Sleep Well Beast, 2017. What a return to form. It's the national get and freaky with it. Add in some electronic elements, some drum machines, some wild and crazy stuff. Then 2019, they release I'm Easy to Find, which also... Was a was a short film starring Alicia Vicklander, but also an album that, like, for the first time in their history, basically Matt Berninger did a ton of duets with various women artists, and it was like, okay, now it's a national with like different vocals as well. So they're Taylor known Swift, for just, for example. Well, yeah. So Taylor Swift loves the national. Sorry to jump ahead. Taylor Swift loves the national, so you know they they did a did a duet on her album Evermore. Lana Del Rey loves the national. Paul McCartney once tweeted about his favorite bands, and he mentioned the national. Everyone who's cool loves the national, so they are known for just being a band of brothers. Aside from Matt Berninger, you've got the bassist and drummer who are brothers, and then you have. The guitarist slash pianist slash like orchestrators of the band are also twin brothers. So it's a band of brothers and it's a band of depression and sadness. So I love this band. I think they slap. Stieglitz, when what was I gave you some national songs to listen to. What was it like to step into my world for a minute? Yeah, so well I had I know the national through you i mean like hanging out and stuff like you would always put on the national so these weren't it wasn't sounds like a cool time for everyone (laughs) yeah it it wasn't necessarily my first time listening to the national some of the songs i i suppose individually it was my first time listening to them but overall my impression of the national yes uh if you have tendency to be sad and like Lucian the psychopath you like that tendency I would say listen to the national if you have tendency to be sad and you're like I don't really want to be sad I would say probably don't listen to the national uh were you sad when you were listening to them there were a few songs where I was like okay I'm not feeling the depression uh but then like if I listen to more than like six at a time I I do sink into a deep and profound sadness wow. that resonates with with me and reverberates. Uh, but yeah, so I like. I mean, Matt, Be- the instrumentation is always very good. I I I love the instrumentation that the National does. You're right. There is like that sort of murky cellophane. Sometimes it's it's almost oh, yeah. a wall of sound. Uh, but not necessarily because it is still easy to pick out like the individual instruments that are like creating this nice orchestra of sound. His voice 
I'm not. I think that his voice is very good. My personal opinion, the baritoneness is different and it's interesting. I like a nice tenor personally. I think because that's what I am when when I sing. So like, if if it's not like me, if I can't see myself directly in it. I don't like it. That's why I only yeah. watch movies with white people in them. <laughs> nice. White Jewish men who are 5'9". Yeah. Um, so, The National. Yes. They have this reputation of being this depressing band. <laughs> and yet, I'm just going to say the boys a lot because I think that is a funny, sen- funny, funny phrase. Me and the boys get lit to The National. Yeah, and oh, b- get- by the way, I, I I don't. I hope I wasn't like I, I do not want to like rip them apart because I You're I not. hope I wasn't. Okay, good because because I will say they are good. They are a good band. Yes, yes. It's it's not necessarily something I personally seek out, but w- listening to them, I wasn't like, please turn this off. I was like, okay, yeah. I, I I do like this. It's just not like if I'm going on a drive or going on a walk, it, it wouldn't be like my go to thing. So me and about two of my high school friends have loved this band since about 2010, 2011. So end of high school, early college. And then we've slowly tried to morph in other high school friends to like them. So now that there are other ones who do as well. And even though the lyrics are depressing, I find them a jam. I think I get hype over there sadness i feel you do i've seen it i've seen it happen in real life i i played the song runaway for you once which is just like really undulatingly it's like kind of repetitive and just like a grower and it's very sad and i've been like this fucking gets me going and you've been like i want to fucking take a toaster and go for a warm bath (laughs) Um, have i said that in real life because it sounds like something i would say yes Yes. Okay, <laughs> that's funny. That Two more fun facts. Well, about that's interesting bit. because well, well, the sadness gets you hyped. Yes. I, yes, I feel like I when I went to BU when I first got to BU, mm-hmm. uh, and again this is Boston this University for you content hounds at home that want to know where we graduated <laughs> from college. When <laughs> so when I first got there, I, I come from a group of friends yeah. and a, a high school too that was super mm. into like hardcore metal. Yeah. So what's what's interesting <laughs> is that you get hype over the sadness. I get hype and happy over very very angry music sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I mean like like listening to Slipknot for example and mm-hmm. he's like I stick my fingers into my eyes and the pain never stop Jesus the pain never stops I'm just like I love it I'm so happy right now I can like I can do like the Carlton dance to that just like, <laughs> amazing like, yeah Whatever. and that that makes me so like hey t- sadness could make you very happy one of my friends knows piano so whenever we're at like a party where there's like a piano which is occasionally not too often He'll start playing the national. We're like, yes, you king, you fucking glorious legend. Look at you soaking up the limelight, playing our tunes. <laughs> nice. All right. So, yeah, this is a long intro. And I realize that I don't know how to distill this band because I like them too much. And I don't know how to fucking describe them. So, I think that's OK. And I think that people who initially click on this podcast yes. specifically right now, yes. since we yes. don't have a lot yes. of fans, yes. they're clicking wow. on it because they want wow. to hear the national. You son of a bitch. Listen, content hounds at home, we appreciate each and every one of you. And we want you to do one thing for us. Can you 
just take a moment right now and subscribe to this podcast. It fills our hearts with joy and excitement beyond reason. And listen, we love it when you take a moment and reach out to us at any of our social media channels, which is all the social media channels at the Lyric Boys. Because listen, we, I just, we just received a YouTube comments today that I got to read. This guy on YouTube, Lemmy Adam, which I realize right now is a pun, and his name is probably not Lemmy, last name Adam. Wait. Watch wait our Blink-182 video on YouTube. What, what is the pun? Let me at him. Let me at him. Okay. okay. That's the pun. We, okay. Okay. So <laughs> this guy comments, and he's like, yeah, of course Machine Gun Kelly is copying elements of Blink-182's style, and basically is like, yeah, obviously... And then he goes, anyway, you guys are great and really funny. So I appreciate that vibe. I love that vibe. You know what, Lemmy Adam? Your name is really great and funny, and I appreciate you as an audience member. <laughs> Can I say, I feel like I feel like I personally, with the things that I say, get the most hate in the comments. <laughs> I feel like really directed at me okay so that that comment was specifically directed at something i said about machine yeah. gun kelly yeah. trying to sound like tom Long. uh we had somebody comment on our idols video saying do you know do you even know what staccato means we yes. had somebody comment on our weezer video asking if we were retarded uh, yep. And I feel like that was also directed at something I said. You just uh, oh, because I was message. I was mentioning like, oh, he'll oh, yes. walk away and he'll be naked in like six hours. We're, we were talking about uh, the, sweater the sweater song, song. and yeah. we made a joke about the sweater song being a song that is just like someone walking away from an explosion, but a really like lame version of that, where you're walking away for six hours and your sweater falls off, and someone commented like. You ripped the mic out of I, I turned off my mic. This person was like, listen, you dummy. The sweater song is not about that. It's about a breakup. You guys are dumb. And it's like, dude, we know this song isn't about a really badass way to exit a room. We know that. Anyway, we are going off and we're probably going to cut <laughs> a lot of this. All right. Point is, people at home, we love it when you subscribe and talk to us. It is my favorite part of my day. Yes. All right. It's also my favorite thing to get hate. It it genuinely entertainment entertains me. Oh yeah, it's All so right. funny to me. So the national, do you want to get into it? Yeah, I'll give my first national lyric. So we'll we'll start strong. We'll do it for my favorite national song, Slow Show off of the album Boxer. And the song, the lyric... Well, first of all, the song is a jam, as all songs are. The song is about love. And then the narrator of the song is like, Baby, when I, I've been missing you my whole life, and then I found you at 29 years old, and oh, baby, that is a beautiful thing. So the lyric in this guy, uh, this guy thinking about his lover and being at a party without his lover is... Can I get a minute of not being nervous and not thinking of my dick? Mm. That is the lyric. It's this guy at a party just not wanting to be nervous and wants to stop thinking about his dick. Uh, I feel like this is a very specific problem 
that okay. only he has. Uh, Matt Bringer just can't stop thinking personally. About I don't want to like shame him into saying like, "Hey, uh, that's weird." <laughs> <laughs> but it's a little weird. Like I, I don't think I've ever been at a party and been like, "Huh, my dick." Like I feel like that is a very specific personal problem, and like he puts it in a song, which is interesting because I feel like when people write, when I write songs, I'm like, oh, this is a universal problem that maybe people okay. can relate to. Yeah, this problem to me at least seems very specific. Maybe it should have been. Can I get a minute of not being nervous and not thinking of my genitalia? Oh, okay. Interesting. I have thought of my genitalia before. <laughs> no, no, I've never been at a party being like, oh, let me just go get another beer. Fuck. I thought about my dick again. Two things come to mind here. One is that, can I get a minute of not being nervous? I think is a relatable feeling at a party. That if you is don't know many people, you're like, oh, too nervous. Yes. But then it's like, oh man, but my dick. My Oh no. I, I like that idea that's an intrusive thought. That this guy's like having a good time and he's like, my dick. And he's like, oh. Yeah, well, what is he thinking? That's an interesting. The point is like, what is he thinking? When he says he's thinking mm -hmm. about his dick, is he thinking like, I have this really burning sensation down there and maybe I should get it checked out? Because then that would be a valid, you should think about that and you should get it checked out. Or unless he's just being like, I wonder I wonder what my dick looks like right now. Like what what is the thought? Like what is he thinking about? So I, I do there is something more relatable to this if you pull it back a level, which is have you ever worn pants no. that kind of strangely oh, bulge up around the crotch area with the fly and Maybe. you're just like I hope Let people don't think this is my my wiener. I, I hope they know that this is simply just what happens when jeans bunch up and oh, then you're standing was, at the party was, uh, being nervous being like oh my god everyone's looking at my jeans or i spilled water on my crotch i was having a good time and and now there's water on my crotch and my jeans are bunched up i hope everyone does not think i am both erect and soiled <laughs> Imagine looking over at a guy and he has a boner and he's pissed his pants that what you you're talking about you go over to your friend and you're like <laughs> Um, Andrew, you see that man in the corner? Do you think he is both erect and soiled? Yeah, that guy pissed his pants and now he's rock hard. <laughs> There's the pilot episode of In Curb Your Enthusiasm is about that specific thing you're describing where you wear a pair really? of jeans and it bunches up and That's then so somebody thinks you have a boner. Larry David sits down in a movie theater and the girl notices his jeans oh, are bunched no, yeah. up and she's like, you you have a boner sitting next to me. You're disgusting. Yes. Do you think that that is what he's thinking? Because if he was, if, if that's what he was talking about, then he would say, I feel like he would say like my pants or like my situation or like being uncomfortable. <laughs> He specifically Can says, my... I'm not being nervous and not thinking of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe a more poetic way, but he, he specifically mentions, he says my dick. That's an aggressive <laughs> word. Like it is a very aggressive word for like a very <laughs> sweet, sweet song, which yes. is why I love it. And that's something the band does well. I think, um, I like, it could also be, 
him being like this animalistic man that's like I'm in a party and all I can think about is banging. Really? Like having sex. <gasps> yes. <gasps> you said oh, no. railing. You said railing. Um <laughs> So, you know, it could just be like this man who's like, I want to be at this party and have fun, but all I could think about is like having sex or something. Like yeah, someone that's probably who, who's tired is. of like the single life, I guess. I don't know. That is probably what it is. And again, we're not smart analysis boys. We're not smart people. But I also feel like if if he was really thinking like, I want to get a minute without thinking about, can I get laid at this party? Maybe he would say, can I get a minute without thinking about trying to get laid? Because I've heard that in songs. And and that's a way more relatable lyric than like thinking about my dick. Like when you say, I'm thinking about my dick, that opens the doors, right? There are so many mm-hmm. possibilities that you can be thinking yeah. about. Yeah. Again, STDs. You could be thinking about that. You could be thinking about uh, like... like the how general you, how, fragrance of it. The general fragrance, sure. You could be thinking about <laughs> sure. like how you feeling, how you feeling down there. Like, are you uh, are you okay? Do you need anything? Do you need a glass of water? Mm. It's vague. It's vague. That's what I'm saying. Yes, I do. But yeah, I do love that. It's like a very sweet, maybe their most beautiful love song, and about like this person who wants to return home from his love and and be his goofy self with. And it's just like it is great in the midst of the song that is played at like countless indie boy weddings where the lyric is just can't stop thinking about my dick so is this song really played at weddings i I had imagine it's played at indie boy weddings it'll be played at your wedding Uh, so okay i pulled some youtube comment i pulled some youtube comments for this so the first comment i saw was someone goes my daddy said to me that this is an amazing song. Smiley face. How heartwarming. <laughs> Wait, wh- sorry. What was the comment? I zoned my, out for a second. My, <laughs> and yet you responded to it. My daddy <laughs> said to me that this is an amazing song. Smiley face emoji. So this person's just like, my dad told me the song is amazing. So I listened to it. And then there's a comment on that comment. That goes, your daddy would be right. I told my daughter the same. She hated it. Made me sad. And that was just, pour one out for that sad dad on YouTube who's like, I wish you were my daughter. My daughter hates the national. This guy goes every day. He can't stop thinking about how his daughter has let him down and that she doesn't like the national. And like he finds... Everything he comments on this just happened to be about the national, but like every mm-hmm. comment he leaves is like, like he's just like, I think Trump should be impeached. Also, it's sad that my daughter doesn't like the national. It makes me think of like me potentially as a dad with kids and what they think of my music taste. Because objectively, I have the best music taste, and all my music is very cool and projects a cool image. And if my <laughs> kids are like, Dad, your music blows. I want to only listen exclusively to Trippy Red. I would be like, child. Who the fuck is Trippy Red? <laughs> child. <laughs> Trippy Red is, is that a SoundCloud real thing? rapper. He's a SoundCloud rapper. I just picked one SoundCloud rapper. You Point. are cool. You know SoundCloud rappers. Yeah, that's right. I know Trippy Red. Ask me any Trippy <laughs> Red trivia question, and I guarantee I get it right. Okay. Anyway, uh, let's move on to your first national lyric, because I am a I will not freaking mess. 
my first national lyric. Let me mention also for the content hounds at home. It has mm. been <laughs> it has been a week. My brain is a little <laughs> fried. We're so, recording this just for everyone knows. We're recording this on the week that went from Georgia elections to people storming the Capitol yeah. to my that. girlfriend has COVID. It's <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> yep, yep. That also <laughs> yes. Not she's in loud. the other room right now. Sick. I don't. Uh, which is stressful because now I'm like isolating in our one bedroom apartment. Anyway, we're doing this podcast in the midst of all that. So I said I had zoned out before he when he read the YouTube comment, and I'm going to keep that in as a nice little timestamp of my state of mind right now, which is not totally present. But I'm trying to be. Amazing. Okay, so here we go. <laughs> like you didn't need to. You didn't. Whatever. Give me your first national lyric. I didn't need to. I could have easily cut it out, but it's staying in. Okay, my first national lyric. Speaking yes, of yes. Matt Berninger talking about his dick, we got another one. This is from the song Karen. And off Lucian, the album Alligator. Off the album Alligator, Lucian, you know exactly what this lyric is going to be, mm-hmm. probably because. Yes. You you know where I'm going with this. The lyric is, it's a common fetish for a doting man to ballerina on the coffee table, cock in hand. <laughs> Can't even get through that without <laughs> Just laughing. Say it again. Just say it very dramatically <laughs> to me. It is a common fetish for a doting man to ballerina on the coffee table, cock in hand. <laughs> I love the way okay. you just like slowly lose it. Ballerina okay. on the coffee table. Yes, taco yes. Hand. That's okay. a very normal thing. I don't know why it's so funny to you. Okay. <laughs> Let's break this down word for word. Please. Okay. Starting with it's. <laughs> it's is, of course, <laughs> a contraction for it is. All right. First word done. You continue. First word done. Okay. The word that makes me laugh more than coffee table cock in hand is ballerina. <laughs> That word yes. makes me laugh so much in this because <laughs> that image is so fucking specific. Have you ever had like a music box, like piece of jewelry yes, yes. where, yeah, you open it and it's like I a ballerina twirling. <laughs> it's like a ballerina twirling. You know I'm an avid collector. We don't need to talk about it. <laughs> right. Illusion is an avid collector of music boxes with ballerinas. But like to imagine Matt Berninger, who is, he's a, like a pretty tall man, right? Yeah, he's a tall boy. A tall man in tights and a tutu, one leg up, one leg down, twirling a wrecked penis in his hand. What an image on a coffee table. What a fucking image to ballerina. That is such a specific image to like twirl and not only to twirl, but he has his cock in his hand. As he said, I'm not saying that he's saying that. It's also a common fetish for it's a doting. Co- right. And he's just it's like, not even just like... It's just like, yeah, it's just one of those things. They all want to do it. Yeah. It sounds this, like he's been to therapy many times. And the therapist is always like, listen, we're going to help you with your fetish for ballerinaing on a coffee table with your penis in your hand. And he's just like... I don't need... That's not why I'm in therapy, okay? I don't need help for that. You're the weird one, okay? I'm normal. It's also like his therapist is like, yeah, we're not going to judge that. That is a perfectly human thing to do. And Matt Bringer is like, oh, so everyone does it. And the therapist is like, 
I said it was a, a reasonable thing that a human might do. And Matt's like, okay, case proven. Every single man does it. Uh, he so, goes home after ther- after that therapy session. His mom is having a bunch of her friends over to play cards. And he's like, mom, look what my therapist said I could do. And he jumps on the t- card table. This is just one of those lyrics that is just like proves the Nationals greatness as just the best thing ever. Okay. I love elaborate. Please elaborate on that. The verb ballerina is fantastic to use it as a verb. Funny. That's so funny. Okay. It is a common fetish for a doting man to dance around a coffee table, cock in hand Eh. to jump around on a coffee table. Eh. But ballerina that is hysterical because that is a slow little like nice uh, put together controlled movement that this person is doing. I love it. Yes. I don't that, really that know what it means. That is the funny word here. Do you uh, remind me of the definition of doting or dotting? I Can I tell you something? I actually just looked it up just now it is someone who's extremely and uncritically fond of someone someone. it's an adoring person so oh okay so maybe if you're if i'm like thinking about someone who gives me butterflies and or something i really like naturally i find myself up on a coffee table with my ween in my hand as (laughs) a ballerina around there naturally you do i mean come on everybody does it again this is like one of those this is a national lyric where he's like guys we can't stop thinking about our dicks at parties, right? Also, how many times have you just been thinking about the girl you like and you start ballerina <laughs> and you have your cock in your hand and everybody just mouth agape, food falls out of their mouth. They're like, you need help. I do like the idea of when he, because the way the band's process generally works is like the two brothers, the Desner brothers who are the twins will write a lot of the music and orchestrations and the whole band will then come together and like record it and then give the songs to Matt who listens to them on headphones and supposedly like just drinks wine at home and like frantically writes lyrics to them. So he comes back to the band being like, boys, I just cranked out some lyrics. So it is very funny to imagine like they, they write this song and they're just like, Oh hell yeah. This, this number is a slapper. And they come <laughs> back and Matt's in the studio. He's like, all right, so this is what I present, and it's, yeah. uh, it's, like, it's guys, very relatable, right? Universal, a universal truth. And they're like, is it, so you're just saying, I love you? It's like, better, more universal. Think something you do every day, you don't even think about it. Breathing? No. Eating? No. <laughs> Ballerining on a coffee table, cock in hand. So, all right. Well, yeah, I'll save, I'll save some of this great discourse for later. Okay. My second national lyric is from the song Conversation 16 from High Violet. Once again, we know that there were 15 other conversations that preceded this one. Mm. Anyway, the lyric is, I was afraid I'd eat your brains. I was afraid I'd eat your brains. Because I'm evil. Because I'm evil. Common. Another another relatable lyric if you're a man and you're in your 40s and you have a child and you are no longer the peak physical specimen you were in your 20s you relate to this you relate to any national lyric okay (laughs) 
I love this also because the way it's delivered in this song is very melancholic and very matter of fact. It is not a weird thing that I'm afraid that I'd eat your brains because I'm evil. It is something that I bemoan as if (laughs) it's going to happen one day and I'm just warning you. (laughs) It's also, you know, this is the type of song I'd imagine lyric that I'd imagine in a Halloween song. That's like, Mr. Spooky's like vamp, uh, yes. Mr. Spooky's zombie song, and it's yes. like some fucking hit number. It kind of sounds like all, like a Misfits lyric almost. Okay, yeah, yeah, and it's not that whatsoever. And I don't know. Have you ever worried that you might devour someone you love's brains? <sighs> yes. Exactly. One time, I had uh, a friendly person over. And I accidentally unscrewed their head and their brains were hanging out. And I was like, I'm, I'm going to eat them. But I didn't. I put them back and I sent them home. It's really nice of you. Yeah. I just love the self-awareness of it too. It's like this person is afraid he's going to eat the brains of this other person. And he's worried about it. And generally, generally like you think he'd do something about it. But he's like really trying to stop this habit, this really bad habit of eating brains because he's just an evil person. Love it. Well, okay, so, uh, so again, we're not we're not smart analytic people, but this is uh, this is about like I- I'm afraid that I will like hurt you in our relationship and I'll like cause you to be upset because I- I'm a person, right? But I thought it was about a zombie. <laughs> very close. You're, you're almost there. I know Ooh. that you have a 90 IQ, but you're almost there. Uh, so, I feel like this is this is actually uh, more universal. Although, it's, it's good that he has self-awareness about this. Because a lot of times, I feel like people uh, who do this type of thing are like, it, it's not my fault. Like, they, they're going to write a song where it's just like, you were oh, the yeah. bad one, you were the evil one. And like, he's, he's actually being like, I'm the evil. I'm, I know what I am. And I, I like that. I appreciate that. The, the, just look at the other lyrics of the song. I love it. I love it so much. But one of the other lyrics is you'd never believe the shitty thoughts I have. Or I think, the shitty thoughts, I think. So I guess he thinks shitty thoughts about eating brains. Or probably like his penis. Right? He's he's mentioned that before. Another of these lyrics is, We should swim in a fountain. Do not want to disappoint anyone. I like that idea of being a last-ditch effort with some friends or acquaintances. Like this, you're hanging out with some people. It's not going well. And you're at like Lincoln Center or something. And you're like, fuck. Okay. No one here <laughs> thinks I'm cool. I'm a disappointment. What would kick this night off? And you're just like fucking swim in a fountain. I got to <laughs> yeah. do that. Everyone would speak about it. I would be party king. Then right now I'm lame. That would jazz up this night, baby. Yeah, I do have, I hate like hosting stuff. Like if I have like friends and stuff, like I don't like having people over. Cause I always feel like so much pressure to entertain. And I kind of feel like that's what he's talking about there. Like where it's like, you have you have people and you're just like fuck it let's swim in a fountain i know this fountain it's like 10 miles away we have to drive there get your bathing suits i know it's 30 degrees out uh, 
but we could swim in it. It's probably illegal and we're going to get arrested, but how fun would that be? Am I right? Hell yeah. Andrew, give me your second national lyric. I'm dying to hear it. Okay. My second. (laughs) Okay. My second national lyric is. Tell me. It's from the song Fake Empire. Mm Mm-hmm. Which you had mentioned Obama used in his... uh, Big fan. Yes. It's from uh, Boxer. From Boxer. The lyric is, let's not try to figure out everything at once. It's hard to keep track of you falling through the sky. Now, not knowing the grander context of this song, it kind of sounds like uh, a skydiving trip gone wrong. Okay. Where like... You go skydiving, right? And the guy, you have like the instructor who is on top of you. You're like, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, it's usually like in tandem and you're falling (laughs) and the parachute doesn't open. And the instructor is like, "Uh uh-oh. And you're like, what, what, what? What happened? Oh my God. And he's like, shush, shut, shut the fuck up. It's hard to figure everything out at once. Okay. I got to keep track of you falling through the sky. And you're like, what is there to keep track of? We're going to die. That's what this sounds like. Well, the first part of the lyrics, let's not try to figure out everything at once, for some reason gives me this image of, let's say it's a party. Okay. And let's say you have done everything wrong. You walked into the room, you opened the door, you hit someone in the face with the door, and you were like, shouldn't have been standing there, and you turn to them, and then your butt knocks over a table, and all the drinks spill, and then you're like, I'm walking here. Then you go, you make a, a some terrible comments to some people. You say congratulations on the pregnancy and someone's not pregnant. You 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 make a, a a racist joke for no reason. And everyone is like, dude, chill out. Like you've just done all these things. And you're like, okay, let's not do it, let's not figure it out all at once. Just one thing. Let's talk about one thing I did. We don't need to talk about it, all of it. That's what I imagine here. <laughs> Well, yes, that, that I I like that imagery too. Uh, but like, if you picture skydiving, right, and mm-hmm. the parachute—it's one thing. The parachute doesn't open, and the guy's like, "Let's not figure everything out all at once." And mm-hmm. your skydiving partner is like, "Excuse me, there's one thing to figure out." And the fact that you are stalling, trying to figure out a lot of other things, makes me think we're going to die in three seconds. We can't keep track of three things at once. The three seconds—that's bad joke. <laughs> what? Um, uh, yeah. What could Obama have used this song for? Like what? To get hyped what, with his boys. No, but I mean, it was in the campaign. <laughs> been Joe Biden just fucking getting hyped to listen to the national. <laughs> This was a campaign. Yeah. Uh, I think they used it. I know the national played like some campaign rallies for Obama. And I think this song was also used on a, on a um, commercial. And Obama was like, let's not try to figure out everything all at once. America, you're falling through the sky. Okay. Let's rain it. To be fair. I I did watch. I noticed that. um, I think I noticed like a Bonnie Vare song. And like a big red machine song, which is a side project of both Bonnie Bear and Aaron Dessner from the National in a Biden commercial. So I think they just license it and stuff. Anyway, my 
third national lyric is from the song Pink Rabbits from Trouble Will Find Me. The lyric is, you didn't see me. I was falling apart. I was a white girl in a crowd of white girls in the park. You didn't see me. I was falling apart. I was a television version of a person with a broken heart. Please two, elaborate. Two iconic things. The f- idea of just me being like, I am a white girl in a crowd of white girls in a park. I am anonymous and it's just so funny to me as a relatable image of just like there are many anonymous things in the world you can be an m&m in a bag of m&ms you can be a sardine in a sardine can you could be a grain of sand on a beach but the idea of being one single white girl in a crowd of white girls in the park and suddenly no one knows who you are because you're just one gigantic blob of white girl. Therefore, just, <laughs> there's just, no individuality. Is amazing. Just like shrill. Wow. <laughs> just well, like, oh my God, oh my God. Oh my God, did you see it? Did you see what he was wearing? How many my, white girls white do you girl have present. to be in a park for it to go from... Oh, look, there's a bunch of white girls to just be, look, it is a blob. Ten. <laughs> wow, okay, that's fewer than I thought. <laughs> Depends how big the park is. Yeah, it did, reminds me of this one time I went to pick apples with my fam and a bus from like NYU showed up and everyone who got off the bus was wearing the exact same thing. It was like a... <laughs> just NYU just, shirts? No, it was like everyone was wearing black leggings with Uggs and a flannel green and blue long sleeve shirt with a black puffy vest. Every single person in that group came off the bus dressed the same. And to me, that is like the stereotypical crowd of white girls in the park that the song is talking about. Yeah. What do you, what, um, I mean, when you picture like a crowd of white girls in the park, because that is a specific demographic, what are they doing? Are they standing? I think they're probably watching a Taylor Swift concert. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. That sounds right. Uh, I was picturing them like they're laying out, they have like, they're like, they're like in a circle and they have like rose. Okay. Right. And they have like, uh, like white claws. And they're mm-hmm. just like chatting up, and they're just like gossiping about the boys they see. That's what I. That's what I uh, imagine. Amazing. Um, I also love the second lyric, second part of this, which is "I was a television version of a person with a broken heart." Because just to be like, my heartbreak is so big. It is a stereotype of heartbreak. Is very funny to me, and then it imagines like it makes me imagine of like those cartoon characters who like who's like bodies just like fall into a puddle yeah it's it's like like a bug's bunny type thing yeah i like that image i pulled a a couple youtube comments from this one is someone just wrote it's been five years please get out of my head (laughs) oh my god that's haunting (laughs) that is haunting imagine a song 
five years, every day you wake up, it's there. You go to sleep, the song is in your head. It won't go away. You play other songs and the song in your head is louder than the other songs. You go to a concert and Mm. the decibels are turned up to a million and you still hear that song in your head louder than the band performing. You go to YouTube to like for some scientist to potentially stumble upon that comment and fix you. Yes. All right. So place for that. Here's a. Here's someone who commented twice. So that's why I picked it up. They commented twice, five months apart. Okay. Desperate. Well, (laughs) the first comment. Okay. Was this band breaks my heart a little more every time I listen to them, and I love it. I love that idea that's just like this this I'm in a toxic relationship with this band and I keep coming back, baby. Yeah. They're a the second me. The second comment is I just lost someone I thought was the love of my life. I had to sever the ties. The path was leading nowhere. I will never hear this song without thinking of him. I loved our fantasy future, but it was never to be. Ouch. Ouch. The <laughs> fact that that comment came five months after the other comment makes me think they're related. Like they discovered this song. They're like this band breaks my heart every single time I listen to them and I love it. And then five months later, they're like, my heart was broken because of this song and I no longer feel anything. And that's why I had to break up with this person because I no longer feel in general. Do you think actually, uh, actually I'm going to go in a similar but opposite direction. Do you think that they were like, I realized I genuinely love getting my heart broken because this song breaks my heart so much. So I'm specifically going to divorce the love of my life, my husband of 45 years, because I actually am addicted to this feeling now. I do like that idea. It's like, wow, huh. I really like depressing music. Maybe I should become clinically depressed. (laughs) Let me go seek out ways to become clinically depressed. And every person who has depression is listening and being like, this this fucking person who would do that is such a piece of shit. I really love the beginning of the movie Up. Maybe I could have my spouse die on me Can too I say, so that you know <laughs> speaking of a, a crowd of circle of, of white girls it does kind of sound like a white girl thing to do to to be like in order to feel what my brothers and sisters who are depressed are feeling i sought out clinical depression myself by hurting by severing the ties of everything i loved in my life now i understand only then can i feel your pain and i can just see the youtube comments on that being like what the fuck is wrong with you? Uh, give me your uh, third national lyric. Lyric number three. This song is from... This is from the song Lemon World. Off the album... High Violet. High Violet. Your favorite album. You and your sister live in a lemon world. I want to sit in and die. Hmm. Now, I love that. This lemon <laughs> lemon world sounds like a fun amusement park that's lemon themed, <laughs> and like yes. the Ferris wheel is like you sit in like boxes of like lemons, mm-hmm. and, and like the roller coaster just like looks like a big like lemon. Would you go <laughs> to that amusement park? <laughs> Would you go to a lemon world amusement park? 
<laughs> I mean, yes. What, is I, there a I need? Would. Do you think there's a need for lemon worlds out there? I mean, I imagine the food is shocking. <laughs> it's just sour. Everything is <laughs> everything is too lemon sour. Juice. It's like I ordered a coffee and it is fucking squeezed in with lemon. <laughs> yeah, it's just lemon. The toilet juice. paper is. I don't even want to t- talk about that. It's lemon rinds. <laughs> yeah. So that's what you think Lemon World is. I th- I think Lemon World is a fun amusement park, but he. So just by these two lyrics, right? You and your sister live in a lemon world. I want to sit in and die. Uh, so you and your sister, you 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 keep on asking me to go to Lemon World. I don't want to go to a Lemon World. I told you already. Lemon World is a three and a half hour drive. It's not worth it. The prices are too high. And finally, I agreed to go to Lemon World, and now I just want to sit here and die because this place sucks. I spent $55 on a ticket to a fucking Lemon World. I just, this is one, I I love this song. I love the vibe it creates, but it's one of those songs that just, and I think a lot of national songs are this. There is no obvious coherent narrative in the way that Billy Joel might turn a tail (laughs) <laughs> you know, like the national has no song that's like, well, Jim went to school in New Brunswick and then he met the love of his life on the sailing team and they had little kids who sailed the world. Wow. You know, the, you're just, you're just improving a Billy Joel song right now. We usually save this for the end of the podcast. <laughs> so the national, I know one thing that people in my life who, Jim don't like the national will be like <laughs> they're like the national is um their lyrics are confusing and it doesn't tell a tale each lyric is kind of like just nonsense i love the way they are able to create an image and a feeling without like narratively weaving that so it's like through these like strange couplets and like strange paragraphs of lyrics you create a vibe and a feeling I have no idea what a lemon world is, but just the Im- the idea of I want to sit in and die because you and your sister live in this lemon world is such a great feeling. Like it's almost like this guy going on like a little pouty temper tantrum, and it's like, wow, you and your sister, I want to die. And it's just like I imagine like this grown man sitting like cross or or, or like in a fetal position on the floor at a party because he wants to win an argument about like how he's so sad anyway yeah uh, i do like that i I like the idea of like him being like you and your sister like i come home and all you ask for me is to buy lemons so i buy lemons and look how many lemons we have in this house he opens the fridge door lemons he opens the cabinet fucking lemons he looks under the table there's lemons here you and your sister live in a fucking lemon world and guess what baby i'm out i'm done i like the idea that's like ever since your sister moved in everything is lemon themed okay (laughs) what is it with you two and lemons that wasn't there when i met you and i darling I loved you for who you were. I accepted everything. But this lemons thing, it goes too far, man. <laughs> Other, our another our one entire of, apartment is painted lemon yellow. It's disgusting. My other, one of my favorite national lyrics is also in this song, which is, lay me on the table, put flowers in my mouth, and we can say that we invented a summer love and torture party. 
<laughs> we, don't have to, we don't have to discuss that much, but... That sounds like the movie Midsummer. if you've seen yeah. that movie. Have you seen that movie? No, I have not, but oh, I know, I've seen sounds, the um, trailer like and it. the poster. Okay, well, that that is that's that movie. They called it before it came out. It's just another one of those things that, you know, it's like, who, who thinks that? Who's like, hey, boys, it is a cool party weekend with all our friends. You know what we can do? Um... Andrew, you go get some beers. Uh, Sarah, you get the camera. We're going to take some fun selfies. Um, Abigail, um, could you uh, just lay me down on this table and then put flowers on my mouth and then we can call the patent office and see if this has been invented because maybe we invented a summer-loving torture party. And Jerry, don't forget to get the hot dogs on the grill. Papa's hungry. <laughs> Call the Guinness and then Book of World everyone Records. is like, um, excuse me, you listed four things and that third one was simply absurd and I'm shocked and leaving. Ladies and gentlemen, the rules of comedy. Uh, I call the Guinness Book of World Records. This is the most tortured every anybody has ever been. Lemons, flowers in their mouth. Terrible. Sounds delicious. Give me your fourth lyric. So this is a, a little a little ditty from the Virginia EP called Blank Slate. Wow, hitting us with an EP. <laughs> yeah, hitting you guys with an EP. So, we get it, Lucian. You like the National. I, I picked an EP so listeners at home would be like, damn, Lucian is objectively the cool one. I'm going to go on YouTube and shit on Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to tell them to do that. They will. They, they go will. to YouTube. They're like, Lucian's so right. Andrew, you are fucking dead weight. <laughs> you know uh, what? Let's let's do. I want to release a version of this podcast where it's just you. But like it's it's this episode, but I just take out everything that I say just to see how that would sound. To prove a point that yeah. Anyway, so this song is basically all right. I I I'm just gonna give you the whole thing. There's a lot. There are three lyrics I struggled to to decide. So I go out looking in parked cars for somebody famous to kidnap and love. Okay, wow, wow, wow. Beat off the army with a tennis racket. That's my whole plan. But I keep it upstairs. Keep it upstairs for the grand finale. I keep it upstairs. Gonna be a blank slate. Gonna wear a white cape. But I keep it upstairs. Gonna tackle young girls off their beautiful bikes. But I keep it upstairs. Keep it upstairs. Keep it upstairs. Okay. You look concerned. My initial thought is this. If you told me, hey, <laughs> here's a lyric from Mark David Chapman, the guy who, <laughs> who murdered John Lennon, and it was this, I'd be like, yeah, this sounds like the guy who murdered John Lennon. Uh, he's talking about... <laughs> He's talking about keeping everything like up in his head and like, tackling yes. Yes. young girls. And he's like, but I keep it, keep it inside. I'm going to fucking kill the army. I'm going to kill the whole fucking army with a tennis racket. Keep it inside. Keep it inside. Keep it inside. Uh, time to murder John Lennon. It reminds me of this movie that I have seen twice in my life and I really don't like it called Joker or the Joker. I don't remember. But have you seen that movie? 
jo- with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. With Joaquin Joker? Phoenix. <laughs> yeah. Yes, have you seen the movie? Yeah, yeah I, I uh, can I uh, an unpopular opinion. I don't hate that movie. I think it's fine. I think it's a fine. I think piece that is film. a very popular movie. Yeah, I mean, a okay. uh, popular opinion to like Joker. Oh yeah, I do like. Yeah, I mean. It's it, it gets a little silly in, in some parts, but I don't think it's a bad movie. Yeah. One thing in that movie that was eternally funny to me was the Joker's little notebook that he carried around with notes in it. And they were they reminds me of this. I feel like it yes, turned yes, to a page a in the Joker's notebook. And it's like once again, find people in parked cars to kidnap, love them, uh keep it upstairs, keep it upstairs. And that's what this vibe is. I do I do love it because we're picturing like a kind of like unwell Joker-esque of person, you know, or, or Mark David Chapman-esque person. Someone who gives off bad vibes, let's say that. But I do like the idea that this could be like someone in a Brooks Brothers suit with a nice brown leather briefcase, a nice white shirt and red tie walking down... Um, park avenue in the morning leaving his fifth avenue mansion this is whatever yeah terrifying this is this this could be this person just going to work at the metlife building and (laughs) this is the thoughts this is the internal thoughts as they just walk to work and they're like having their normal life and this is this is who they do and that's scary to me Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is again, like I mentioned, Mark David Chapman, the guy who killed John Lennon. You're talking about Joker. This uh, it seems like uh, Matt Berninger is the most fucked up person <laughs> that we've ever talked about on this podcast. I mean, we've talked about people who are fucked up in different ways. So, like Red Hot Chili Peppers, Anthony Kiedis. He's he's only fucked up in one way, and that's just like he is horny as horn fuck. Dog. He's so horny. <laughs> Uh, we've talked about um, like the, the singer of idols is fucked up in a different way where he's just like I want to kill fascists right which isn't fucked up he's just like very angry about it rightfully so <laughs> uh, and Matt Berninger is a different kind of fucked up he's like he thinks about his dick a lot but not necessarily in an Anthony Kiedis way in, in a way that I feel like he wants to murder somebody and then just like expose himself that's what i that's that's the vibe i'm getting here i just i think the national embodies just the thoughts of an everyday white collar mid-40s midwestern worker who shows up to work and is like normal and then deep down he's got this pent-up anxiety and rage okay so to break this down even more first part is i go out looking in parked cars for somebody famous to kidnap and love Terrible plan. I mean, yeah. Because not where you would go to find famous people to kidnap and love. You would go to movie premieres, perhaps, or, Mm -hmm. I don't know, uh, baseball games. Content hounds. If you're looking to kidnap somebody (laughs) famous and love them, (laughs) take Lucian's advice. You don't go to parked cars. Yeah, parked Parked cars cars generally don't have many people in them. I'll tell you what, here's who you might find in a parked car. You might find Lana Del Rey, uh, not Lana, you might find Lord doing her makeup in somebody else's car. Ooh. Long time listeners. (laughs) The second part is beat off the army with a tennis racket. That's my whole plan. 
I love that as if like someone shows up and they're like, we've got an intruder at West Point. And it's like one scraggly man with just a tennis racket. And he's like, bring it on, motherfuckers. I got a tennis racket. Yeah. Well, it also, that line, uh, and I know that it's not this, but it also sounds like a guy who's just like rallying for the Second Amendment. And he's like, what am I supposed to do when the army comes knocking at my door? Beat them off with a fucking tennis racket? If I don't have my guns, liberals, how am I supposed to defend myself against the army? It also reminds me of the people who stormed the Capitol who like dressed up in like bear costumes. And they're like, (laughs) storm the Capitol in a bear outfit? That's my whole plan. (laughs) Exactly. It's like they're gonna be they're arrested and they're in front of like a court of Matt, like the people they're like you are a terrorist you stormed our government what were you thinking and you're like I don't know I just wanted to dress like a bear and and run around the halls of Congress Matt Berninger was watching that furiously scribbling out lyrics he had already written because he's like fuck. <laughs> I already said storm the Capitol in a bear outfit. They did that. I already said steal the fucking Speaker of the House podium. They did that. It's like, what are you going to do with that Speaker of the House podium when you get home? eBay. <laughs> you put it on eBay <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Speaker of the House podium. I, IDK, I found it on the street. <laughs> Don't get mad at me. I did not steal it. <laughs> it wasn't me. Reserve not met. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so, so we got l- looking in park cards for somebody famous and kidnapped and love. Beat up the army with a tennis racket. That's my whole plan. Keep it upstairs for the grand finale. That's a little scary too. That's like when yeah, that's you, a little school shooter. You know, doesn't it, doesn't it sound like a little school shootery vibes? It does, unless the grand finale is. Reveal this beautiful song to your adoring listeners. <laughs> Maybe it is. And then just, I love it's gonna tackle young girls off their beautiful bikes, mm. which I love that idea that he has to mention these bikes being gorgeous. It is an interesting place to put that adjective. <laughs> He's not like tackling beautiful young girls off their bikes. He's tackling young girls off their beautiful bikes. Also, he, I think there's a, a there's a demo of the song somewhere or a demo of Slow Show that has these lyrics in it that is going to tackle young girls off their beautiful boyfriends, which I also find really funny. Oh, that is funny. I think that the whole point of this entire song is he's coming out not as a gay man or a straight man. He's attracted to bikes. I'm a bike stand, baby. What can I say? Kick me over. <laughs> Give me oh my, God. my fourth lyric. Uh, Here we go. Yes. Give this it. is from the song The Geese of Beverly Road off the album Alligator. Alligator. Oh, come, come, be my waitress and serve me tonight. Serve me the sky with a big slice of what is it? Lemon. Lemon. Here we go again. <laughs> he is obsessed with lemons. Now, this could be this waitress character. Serve me this guy with a big slice of lemon. It could be the sisters from Lemon World. 
they work at the cafe at the amusement park lemon world <laughs> he finally gave in he's there and uh he's like fine serve me the sky serve me everything with a big slice of fucking lemon i'll give in beautiful beautiful <laughs> beautiful have have i told the story in the podcast before of my experience entering banana world no i, I don't think you did so banana world is what i'm calling um boston university's dining hall of my sophomore year of college when are you suddenly talking, hold on are you talking about warren towers I'm talking about Miles Standish Hall. Oh, okay, okay. Continue. I'm calling it Banana World because it's similar to the Lemon World, where one day the dining staff, or BU, for some reason decided that every single thing in the dining hall for dinner <laughs> was going to have bananas in it. No. No, that <laughs> is a nightmare. I, 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 very, I barely like bananas. Bananas, like, I can tolerate... But, like, beyond just, like, a bite of banana, I'm like, get this fucking sh- goddamn fruit out of my face. I go hard for bananas. I stand bananas. I'm a banana maniac. A banana freak, even. <laughs> but it was a lot. It was just, like, who thought to... We don't have themed nights normally. We don't have any other themed nights centered around one food how do we suddenly have banana night here and it was like the sandwiches are they've got bacon and bananas and there was like pizza like nutella chocolate pizza with like bananas on it i'm gonna i like to imagine that someone like fucked up an order and just bought a ton of bananas and they're like what are we going to do with these bananas we could uh give them to charity we could disperse them amongst the other dining halls and someone's like no banana world i've been waiting for this moment all my life listen imagine a dining hall all other foods gone the only food left the best food humanly possible bananas no banana world. uh Patent pending. I, have, I also have a funny uh banana story with college a friend a mutual friend of ours uh i will bleep his name his name is okay he uh he uh one day was this is not one day this is over the course course of many dining hall sessions he would swipe his card into the dining hall only to steal bananas and take them back up to his dorm room and he did this so often that the dining hall staff caught on to it and they saw uh-huh. him doing it. And he would take, he would not go for one or two bananas. He would take, ton, he would take like a dozen, like a bundle of bananas up to his fucking room. One day, uh, he does this and the dining hall staff notices and they're like, sir, you have to, we're going to kick you out. You can't, you can't come back here unless you're going to stop doing that. We're going to, oh, Here's what they did. They took his picture and they put it on like a wall of shame. Do you remember this? There was like a Warren no. wall of shame. No. So they took his picture and but before he was like arguing with them, he's like, I didn't I didn't take bananas this time, I swear. And they're like, open your backpack. And he's like, No. And they're like, they're like please open your backpack. And he does, and like a fucking sitcom. I, 20 bananas <laughs> must have fallen out of his backpack. And I was standing there and I was like, I why would you steal 20 fucking bananas? What? How are you going to possibly eat that many fucking bananas? I don't understand why they were mad at him, though. Because he, he was in the part of the... He had access to the dining hall. 
if you were, I don't know. He could, I don't know. He could, he should have, you know what he should have done? He should have just eaten them one by one in front of him. <laughs> being like, this is what I eat. I'm still hungry. Another one. And he just unrolls the banana. He, he DJ Khaled's bananas and another one. <laughs> just, right. And they watch him eat 20 bananas. One okay, last. This is going off the fucking this is, rails. This is this episode is long. Yeah, <laughs> we knew it was going to be long. If I knew yeah. this was going to be a long one, um, my final national lyric is from the song "All the Wine" off of the album Alligator. So this is a song about a dude who's got a high opinion of himself, who is feeling fresh, feeling fine, feeling frisky, walking down the street. Mm-hmm. So the lyrics are, I'm put together beautifully, big wet bottle in my fist, big wet rose in my teeth. I'm a perfect piece of ass, like every Californian. So tall I take over the street. With high beams shining on my back, a wingspan, unbelievable. I'm a festival. I'm a parade. All the wine is all for me. And then later in the song, he continues this metaphor by saying, I'm a birthday candle in a circle of black girls. God is on my side. So we talked about a bunch of white girls in the park. Now he's a birthday candle in a circle of black girls. Can you, Mr. National Stan, explain the difference uh, and be sure to restate the question in your answer? Explain the difference between a crowd of white girls, being a white girl in a crowd of white girls in the park between, and I'm a birthday candle of a circle of black girls. Yes. I will say, I have no friggin' clue whatsoever. <laughs> This lyric has always confused me simply because not only is he a birthday candle in a circle of black girls, to me, God is on my side, like, is like, I'm a birthday candle in a circle of black girls. That means God loves me. It's like, that's like something to brag about, right? To be that birthday candle. So it, to me, it's like this guy who just wants to get black girls to blow hot air on him as they blow out a candle. That's his dream. I I Googled it because I actually had never known what this lyric was. And he was like, when I moved to Brooklyn, I was a tall white man. And I was uh, clearly, um, let's say, gentrifying a uh, neighborhood that had a pretty big black population. And he felt very awkward and, and out of place. That's that's apparently what it means. But it is a it is clear. This is like their most famous, like, what the fuck is that mean lyric in a band with lots of what the fuck lyrics it is certainly the what the fuckiest of them all now okay have you ever felt has there ever been a time where you're like oh i am a birthday candle in a circle of black girls it's kind of like a creepy guy who a kid who's like oh man the girls are having a birthday party and it's only chicks. Oh man, if only I could somehow put my body in that candle. And then <laughs> I'd get a front row invite to all the action. It's and like, then it's a, like, it's like oh shit, movie. a genie? Ah, oh, genie, here's my wish. I wish to be that candle on that girl's cake. And the genie's like, creepy, but you get your wish. And then the kid's a fucking <laughs> candle. And he's like, ah, oh, hell yeah, this birthday party is going to be lit. 
Anyway, that's the movie I'm writing coming to theaters in 300 years when it, society is ready. It honestly sounds like sort of a, a John Hughes movie that was never made, <laughs> right? It's kind of like a weird science type movie. Uh, and it, it, and then the, the, the girls, after he makes that wish, they blow out the candle and you just hear like, because his voice is shrunken, you just hear like, oh yeah, that feels good. From from the director of The Breakfast Club and Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Back from the Dead, it's Birthday Candle in a Circle of Black Girls, the coming-of-age teen <laughs> story. This is a specifically about the white person in this movie full of black people. Yes. Uh, so, that funny. But also, the, the rest <laughs> of the song... To me, is a vibe I love so much. When I just love the idea of you're walking down the street and you're just like, I'm a festival. I'm a fucking parade. And people are like, stop fucking walking in the middle of the street. And you're just like flipping everyone off. You're just like, uh-uh. I'm feeling good today. My wings it's like the, unbelievable. Yeah. It is like when I am feeling confident, I'm like, hell yeah. My wingspan, look at that. <laughs> um yeah, my wings, is wingspan is not necessarily the thing that, like, I'm just like, look how good I'm feeling right now. Everybody check out how wide I can open my arms. They see how tall I am. They know my wingspan is friggin' unbelievable. Also, I love, I'm a perfect piece of ass, like every Californian. Like, we know all Californians have perfect pieces of ass that that's that's a given just like it's a given that it's a common fetish for a doting man to ballerina on the coffee table cock and hand. these yeah, are has, the givens in life he has a lot of preconceived notions that i think he would do well to uh maybe take a second look at maybe evaluate and be like i don't know if uh if that's a given necessarily he's walking in the street in the middle of the night car lights are hitting the back of his body and he's just like wow those car lights really shine show off my wingspan and people are like get off the fucking road you maniac he's like I'm a parade yeah it's the contrast it's like in a movie the contrast between like the character's brain and the reality I feel like the contrast between Matt Berenger's brain and the reality is the same but in every single song like in his mind like when he is Ballerinaing on the table with a cock in hand, you see like his point of view is just like everybody is like, "Woo, yeah!" cheering him on, and he's like way up high on a stage. It's like a twelve foot stage, and everybody's yeah. like gr- adoring fans grabbing him. And then you smash cut to reality, and he's drunk. His dick is just out, and everybody's like, "Call the cops!" This guy is exposed himself, and he needs to go home. He's like thinks he's so cool, and yet he's just like puking. <laughs> Um, okay my last give me your lyric final national lyric it's from the song blood buzz ohio the lyric is i was carried to ohio in a swarm of bees and uh i like this imagery i'm picturing him being carried like a pharaoh in egypt but it's just bees surrounding him i like the idea that like you're like where the f- fuck is andrew he said he'd show up at this party i want to shoot him a text and you're like andrew what's up and you're like you text back and it's like oh i'm being carried to ohio in a swarm of bees i was walking across the street and suddenly the swarm smacked into me and i'm just somewhere over 
Pennsylvania right now. And and I, I I didn't know. I thought maybe Pennsylvania was our final destination, but I hear these bees. They're talking about Ohio, man. I, it's like a cartoon tornado. They call like they call Matt Berninger and they're like, "Hey, you said you'd be here like an hour ago. Where are you?" And he's like running and he's just like, "This is a swarm of bees. They're chasing me." And he runs from Brooklyn to Ohio and it's like a five day run and he can't stop because if he stops they're gonna sting him and then he they're just like, lives in Ohio now because he's like I can't even go back if I go back they're gonna find me and they're like sir do you uh, recognize that those were not bees you were just incredibly high and he's like well yes I, I recognize that now this every song every, every song takes place in one day where he just gets incredibly fucked up he does every drug he drinks so much alcohol he goes to a party he ballerinas takes out his dick he walks in the street and he's like i'm a perfect piece of ass and everybody's honking at him he sees a swarm of bees or what he thinks is a swarm of bees and he runs away and ends up in what he thinks is ohio he uh tries to beat off the army with a tennis racket he tries to eat somebody's brains and all the while this is like an 11 minute time span of doing acid all right look at that we just went through 10 lyrics by the national there were many many lyrics we could have done but we did 10 because hey we have a format and we gotta stick to it baby so listen here's the point of the podcast where andrew and i write our own version of the national lyrics and generally what happens is Stieglitz forgets that this is a part of the podcast. And then he I goes, oh, shit, I forgot about that. that. I, I thought you were wrapping up the podcast and now I fucking remembered that we have to know. How am I? What are? I don't even. How are we <laughs> going to do that with this? How are we going to do that with this? <laughs> For people listening to the podcast and not watching on YouTube, Andrew just tilted his camera down just to reveal a gigantic fill, full box of tissues. And then he just t- tilted back up for no reason. Ooh. Oh. <laughs> so we're going to write our own version of the national lyrics. These are um, completely improvised. We don't this talk about This is not a box of tissues, by the way. If, for your, if you're curious at home, <laughs> my mic is in a... It is a box of tissues, but the tissue box is filled with plastic bags from the grocery store. <laughs> These are plastic bags. I can't get them out. Anyway, All right, Andrew, keep it upstairs, it. okay? <laughs> going crazy. It's been so an hour and a half. We're just going to take like 30 seconds to, to write our own lyrics, and, and then, then we'll sing them or just say them to each other, okay? So hold steady, please. Okay, this is terrible. I have two terrible lyrics, two objectively terrible lyrics that I wrote that are just the worst I've written on this podcast Look like, at by how far. many fucking lyrics I just wrote. All right. Look, mine, at, look at this. That's really good. It's, I, would, I, don't, I don't know if it's good. It's long, though. These are bad. Okay, These let are, me hear. Let me hear. I can't. All right. So I have two lyrics because I wrote one lyric down and I was like, I don't think that's good. And then I wrote another lyric down. And I was like, I don't think that's good. So I'll do both of them. <clears throat> my mom and my brother ate some bad mayonnaise. <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. <laughs> Uh, once again to the audience at home we did not come up with these before these are improvised in 30 no, seconds and it's no, that late is clear. and that is clear. my mom my mom and my brother ate some bad mayonnaise wet and egg, eggy painfully opaque my stool is so healthy i'm feeling 
I'm feeling fantastic. My father is proud of the man I've become. Nice. <laughs> That's great. That is great. He has fantastic stools. His dad is proud of him. I love that very, very nice portrayal of the American modern family. Can I, can I do it again in a deeper voice? Yeah. My mom and my brother ate some bad mayonnaise. Wet and eggy, painfully opaque. My stool is so healthy. I'm feeling fantastic. My father is proud of the man I've become. Nothing rhymes. That's why I was disappointed. <laughs> I love it. I think that that is um, is really m- m- one of my favorite words to say on this podcast. Delight. Stool. Del- Delight. <laughs> <laughs> it's my, my other uh, national lyric that I wrote that is, I don't know. To be honest, I'm kind of freaked out. The bulbs went out at the knife shop last night. Woke up in a cold sweat. The knives are in my hand. I've murdered the goose down. It put up no fight. <laughs> you know, I can see both of these being in a national song for real. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, I like that your signature lyrics are ones that don't rhyme. I specifically try oh. to rhyme. Okay. I rhymed night with fight. I like that. So, boom. That's one rhyme. Here we go. Are you ready for mine? Rhymes are hard, okay? Rhymes are hard. We can maybe post a picture of this on, on socials because this is how fucking long. <laughs> kind of looks like the Joker's notebook. Yes. Here we go. Are you ready? I'm so ready. When I saw your brains spilled out on the floor, I laughed my bulbous head off because I wanted some more. I pretended you were my wife, but you've never seen me in your life. I pretended you were my friend. You took one look at me and said, you'll always just pretend. Pretend you never took off your pants and showed your testicles to all my friends. (laughs) Okay. Objectively. (laughs) Just every line worse. Every, every, not in, not in a technical worse in a, this is a, a bad situation and a very bad man wrote this. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean We'd I not got like to be friends. I try to hit trying to hit the points that we mentioned. So like yes. yeah, problematic. He's like watched somebody die. He uses like a weird adjective randomly, like I laughed my bulbous head off. <laughs> yeah, bulbous is good. I just uh, like the idea uh, He showed his testicles. Specifically he says testicles. <laughs> Well, the, but so you start off with the dead person on the floor. It's like, I pretended you were my wife and you were, and I was like, oh, wow. Um, yep. He murdered this random person. Um, <laughs> your vision of Matt Berninger is clearly that he's a serial killer who just like is, <laughs> is going to snap any moment. He's in like that. Yeah. If you That's told, you if you it, like told me that you played an elaborate, elaborate practical joke on me where you specifically got apple engineers to engineer albums that like say the national and have like 12 songs or more on each of them and you wrote and you hired musicians to make them and you're like it's a practical joke what happened was we found mark david chapman's notebook with his lyrics in it and i thought it'd be funny to convince you that this was a real band i'd be like oh that actually makes more sense damn (laughs) 
content hounds at home. This is the end of the podcast. So have a great evening. Go do what makes you feel good. Go ballerina on that coffee table. Do it. It's common. We all do it. And listen, if you enjoy this podcast and you want some more Lyric Boys action, do me a favor and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening on. Because we are on all of them and we are on YouTube if you want to see our mediocre white boy faces. And hey, we're on social media at the Lyric Boys. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We are on TikTok, baby. And hey, we like hearing from you. So follow us there and reach out to us. We'll probably respond and, you know, we'll we'll read it on the pod. I don't know. I don't know anything. I'm just trying to live my life and keep it upstairs and not take on the U.S. Army armed with only a Spalding tennis racket. (laughs) Yes. You got anything to say? I do, ladies and gentlemen, content hounds. Uh, If you like music presumably you've gotten through like an hour and a half of this podcast so hopefully you like music i have music that i made case and point listen to what's playing right now oh yeah i made that if you want to hear more like it uh go to my bandcamp page which is freelancer ny.bandcamp.com uh, Freelancer that's the name of my musical project and I have some songs there that uh, maybe I'll talk about doting like a ballerina you know, on a coffee table maybe I won't but you have to go there to find out everyone that's it go home turn this podcast off listen to another episode that we've done or do whatever you want I don't know bye bye